Today, of course, we're beginning our Easter series. At Cornerstone, we don't just celebrate Easter on Easter. We have a resurrection season in which we try to unpack what the resurrection of Jesus means for us. And so today is the first of four Sundays that we'll explore the New Testament accounts of the risen Christ meeting his disciples and what that does to them, the disciples. And we'll find out as we look at their stories, it's not like what happens to us when we follow the risen Lord. We move from grief to hope. That's what we're going to talk about today. We'll move, we move from confusion to faith. That's next Sunday. We move from fear to peace. And we move from doubt to belief. Because when we follow the risen Lord, things change. So we're going to start with the story in John chapter 20, verse 1 through 10. It's the account of first Easter morning, very early in the morning, Mary, Peter, and John encounter the empty tomb that first Easter. But first, I want to show you a video to help you think a little bit about just the word empty. You ever wonder who came up with eggs and bunnies to uh, celebrate Easter? Kind of a contradiction in terms, isn't it? I mean, I guess I could Google who did it, but who wants to work that hard? <laughs> whoa, whoa, all right, oh, we're doing this now, okay. All right. And to be honest, I don't really care who came up with it because there is something just a little bit magical about popping open one of these eggs, am I right? I mean, anything can be in here. Toy, candy, money. And then occasionally, you have the unfortunate look of finding the empty one. Maybe an empty egg is a better symbol for Easter than a full one. Okay, take the very first Easter morning, all right? Uh, we have hindsight as our benefit, but Jesus' disciples, they, they were so confused of what was going on. They didn't even have a clue. Okay, so Mary Magdalene, she gets to the tomb first, and she goes inside, and what does she see? It's empty. She is completely distressed. So she runs to John and Peter, and they go to the tomb, and what do they see? Empty. Empty is a, a, a negative word, isn't it? My stomach is empty. The gas tank is empty. The house, since the kids left, it's empty. Empty just feels like disappointment. And on that very first Easter morning, nobody knew the word empty better than Jesus' followers. They had empty hearts, and they had empty hope. I got you, buddy. You see, the thing about Jesus, he takes empty things and he fills them. Empty tombs become resurrected miracles. Empty hearts get filled with love and empty hope overflows with everlasting purpose. Yes, Jesus specializes in empty. Here you go, buddy. Jesus emptied himself for our sake, that we may be filled with love, meant to save the world. I don't know about you, but nowadays, when it seems like we wake up and we are more isolated, alone, empty. But maybe this Easter, between all the eggs and the bunnies and the beans and every other activity, can I ask you a question? Will you allow Jesus 
to come into your emptiness. When we follow the risen Christ, we move from empty to full. We move from grief to hope. Now, I'm not saying that if you believe in and follow Jesus, you will never experience grief. You will. And this fallen world of ours, it's a messed up place. We lose people we love. We experience loss. We experience disappointment. That's part of this fallen world. It's going to be this way until Jesus comes back. We experience grief, the sense that the, the one thing that made life work for us when we lose it, we feel empty. That's, that's grief. But as we follow the risen Lord, he helps us move out of that emptiness of grief into the fullness of hope. So here's a picture of three glasses, one empty, one half full, one full. Grief is the empty glass. It would say, glass is empty, the thing I need most is gone, there is no hope, empty. That's grief. Now as we understand and begin to follow Jesus, we begin to move out of just that emptiness of grief thing, and we begin to realize, well, maybe, just maybe, life isn't empty. Maybe there's some good stuff here. And as we walk through life, continuing to follow Jesus, the risen Lord, we begin to realize that the emptiness of grief was actually an illusion, that Jesus actually can fill our life up to the full, to the top. In fact, Jesus told people one day as he was teaching, I came so that they can have real and eternal life, more and better life, than they ever dreamed of. There's no emptiness there. Follow Jesus, and he fills our lives with his presence and his goodness. Let's go back to the story, John 20, verse 1. The empty tomb brought Mary grief and confusion, at least at first. John wrote, early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. She ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. She said, they have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb and we don't know where they put him. So after watching Jesus die on the cross, watching his body being taken down, wrapped up, transported to the tomb, put into the tomb, and the stone rolled over the entrance, Mary coming back in that morning and seeing the tomb stone rolled away and empty was more than she could take. Because if you know something about Mary, Magdalene, you know that before she met Jesus, her life was a living hell. She was possessed and oppressed by many demons. She had no hope, none. Then she met Jesus, Son of God, who has the authority and power, obviously, to cast out wicked spirits, and he did that for Mary, and everything changed. She got her life back. And she gladly followed and served Jesus and helped him in his ministry however she could. But now the empty tomb adds insult to injury. Not only did they kill Jesus, they stole his body, so she runs to tell Peter and John what had happened. Kind of wonder, you know, what, what did Mary expect the first Easter when she showed up at the tomb? I mean, she's deep in grief. She can't believe that Jesus' enemies won and killed him. She hoped he was the Messiah. Now there's a confusion because his death erased all that possibility in her mind. Jesus is dead and gone. Nothing's left. She just feels empty. She expected to come to the tomb. There's the stone. She expected to say her last goodbye. Important thing to do. Maybe she thought, maybe there's a few people around. They can roll the stone and I can go in and anoint Jesus' body with the customary burial spices of the day. I mean, she just expected to say, wanted to say, just say goodbye. 
But what Mary thought would happen did not, and what she feared most did happen. And that's kind of the power of grief. Whatever anchors us, whatever gives our life meaning, when that person or thing disappears, we just feel empty. No hope, just grief. And early on that first Easter morning, the empty tomb just drained Mary's life and left her nothing but panicked, driven by emptiness. She feared not being able to say her last goodbye, and that's exactly what happened. It was as if Jesus never existed. Nobody. So now Peter and John know about it. Mary told them. How will they respond? Well, news of the empty tomb propelled Peter into a desperate search. I mean, Peter's dealing with his own grief and confusion. He's a lead disciple. Uh, he's a natural leader. He's the first one that said, Jesus, you're the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Peter's always leading, always first, doing pretty well until, that is, after Jesus' arrest. Peter's afraid for his arrest. So in public, not in private. And with a loud voice and cursing, Peter denied knowing Jesus. So Peter's life had been full of potential and power and position, and then he denies Jesus, and it just all drains away, and nothing's left for Peter but embarrassment and self-anger. Couldn't get any worse for Peter until Mary told him the body's been stolen. So Peter, along with John, run to the tomb, hoping that Mary was mistaken. John wrote, Peter and the other disciples started out for the tomb. They were both running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He stooped and looked in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter arrived and went inside. He also noticed the linen wrappings lying there while the cloth that had covered Jesus' head was folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings. So what did Peter expect to find? Maybe he was expecting Mary had gone to the wrong tomb and just got mixed up. Maybe he was expecting to catch a body snatcher and bring Jesus' body back to its rightful place. We actually can't really tell from this part of the story early on Easter morning what's going on in Peter's mind, but we do know this much. He's not quite sure what to make of this. Is it good that the tomb's empty? Is it bad? Well, he doesn't quite know what to do. But either way, what Peter thought would happen did not, and what he feared most did happen. Peter thought Jesus who was the Messiah, would be acknowledged by everyone. The religious leaders would welcome him. He would bring freedom to the Jewish people. Jesus would drive out the Romans and he would set up God's kingdom in Jerusalem. That's what Peter thought would happen. But instead, Jesus doomed to die by the religious leaders. The Romans crucified him. And now instead of being the number one disciple of the Messiah, Peter is now a disgraced leader of a dead, apparently pretend Messiah. Peter now is a nobody. Nobody. But John had a very different experience Easter morning, thankfully. The empty tomb brought John confident hope. John writes about his own experience. Then the disciple who had reached the tomb first, that's John, also went in and he saw and believed. For until then they still hadn't understood the scriptures that said Jesus must rise from the dead. So although Peter is the natural leader of the disciples, John had the deepest friendship with Jesus. Deep friendship. And that may be why when John got to the empty tomb, he just couldn't bring himself to go in. It's too much. But after Peter barges in and goes into the tomb, John follows, and John sees the empty linen wrappings, and he sees the head cloth covering that had been on Jesus' head folded up and set aside, and John understood, and he believed. 
the empty tomb proved that Jesus was the Messiah, the one from God. And John remembered a number of times Jesus had said to them, in Jerusalem, I'll be betrayed, I'll be sentenced to die by the religious leaders, I'll be crucified by the Romans, and on the third day, I will be raised up. And John remembered, he said, what Jesus said came true. This is it. And John felt his grief draining away, and he felt himself being full, filled up with confident hope. Jesus was not dead. His body had not been stolen. He was risen and alive, and actually later in the day, John would see him. But this leads to a question for us for Easter today. Who are you? Are you Mary, Peter, or John? Do you feel empty? That was Mary that first Easter morning. Everything she'd counted on had fallen apart. The person she valued most, Jesus, she sure was gone. No hope of being filled again. She just resigned herself to emptiness. Just empty. Have you been there? I've been there. It's a hard place to be. It's a dark place and nobody wants to stay there. So here's the challenge. This is what happens to us when we feel empty. We go searching for one thing that will fill us up. And we somehow pick it and we go, okay, if, I, if just that happens, I will feel full again. And my emptiness will be gone. But the truth is we don't need the one thing that we think we need. What we really need, the only thing that will fill our emptiness is to meet the risen Lord Jesus and ask him to fill us up. Only Jesus can do that. No other person and no other thing can. Only Jesus. Or maybe today you kind of feel half full about life and this Christianity thing. I mean, that was kind of Peter the first Easter morning. Saw the empty tomb. Is it a good sign, a bad sign? Not quite sure what's going on. He's, at least for a while, early Easter morning, he's kind of confused. Caught in the middle. So if that's where you're at, here's the challenge. We can't stay in the middle. Either Jesus is the once crucified, risen Lord who can forgive sins and fill us with his spirit and bring us into life after death, or he was a fake and the talk of the resurrection is a joke. It's either or. Either Jesus can fill your life with his presence and goodness, or you leave empty. And Easter Sunday is a great time to choose, if that's where you're at, to be all in for Jesus and believe wholeheartedly and ask him to fill you. Or maybe today, your life may feel full with the presence and goodness of God. Not because life is going well. It may, not, it may or may not be. It doesn't really matter. Because you feel full because the empty tomb means Christ is risen and the power of death and sin has been defeated and you have hope in this life and the life to come. And like John, you put the pieces together. Jesus said this would happen. He said he would be arrested. He said he would be killed. He said he would rise again on the third day. And it happened. This is Easter Sunday. Celebration. Even if things are going not well, even if things are going really, really hard, you celebrate because, you know, Christ is risen. He's in charge of all things. He will bring us through whatever we're going through. God's Spirit will give us strength in our inner person that we need. God's Spirit will fill us. And you'll know you're chosen by God, loved by God, and God will sustain you until the day you meet Jesus face to face. That's Easter. Enjoying the presence and goodness of God because Christ is risen. A little bit later on Easter, uh, the risen Christ appears to the disciples. Peter's there because Peter gets to see the risen Christ with his own eyes. 
Later on, he writes these words to Christians. Through Christ, you have come to trust in God, and you have placed your faith and hope in God because he raised Christ from the dead and gave him great glory. That's the only reason we place our faith and hope in God. He has raised Jesus up and given to us as our Lord and Savior. And because Christ has risen, the emptiness of our grief is fading and is being overcome and filled up by hope that Jesus gives us by his Spirit. And we're learning to leave behind the emptiness of grief and we're learning to let ourselves be filled up with hope, confident hope that Jesus' resurrection, Jesus' crucifixion death means we can be forgiven, and confident hope that the risen Christ will walk beside us every single day, no matter good, bad, whatever, he's right there. And as we follow the risen Christ, confident hope that when death comes, we get to be with him. That's confident hope because Christ is risen. Now, I'm going to suggest a couple of face steps for, for you today. They may or may not apply. I, I think actually one or maybe both of them will. First one is very simple. Tell Jesus where you're empty and ask him to fill you with his spirit. Now, this may seem like an easy step. It's actually not. Because there's something about us, and I'm not quite sure what it is, but if our life feels totally empty, or if a part of our life feels empty, we just don't want to admit it. Hey, how are you today? I'm fine. Been a good week. No. We're feeling empty. We just don't want to admit it to anybody. Could have kind of put on a front, put on a face. But there's emptiness there. The interesting thing is, Jesus, the Son of God, he knows all of our lives. He knows our emptiness. This is not news to him. He's just waiting for us to come to him, say, I'm empty here, I need help. He's just waiting. So to kind of help you get a jump start on doing this for yourself, your own life, I'm just going to have a time of prayer here. I'll kind of lead you, we'll close our eyes, just kind of follow along as I guide you through this. Lord Jesus, we're so thankful that you are once crucified for our sin and now the risen, ascended Lord who comes back again to give us real life. And we thank you that you know us. We have secrets from other people, but not from you. And so today on this first Easter, we, we just want to be honest with you about where we're empty. And so I invite you just in the quietness of your own mind and heart, just... Uh, to say in your mind to Jesus where you're empty and do that right now. And now, Jesus, that we've told you where we're empty, we ask you that you would fill us up. Fill us with your spirit. Fill us with hope. Help us to leave behind the things we thought could fill us up but don't. We depend on you and you alone. And all God's people say, amen. So hopefully that gives you started on that, and you may need to do some more thinking and pondering about that, because it's actually not a small step. It's big and important. Second one is commit to resurrection thinking. And actually, I've been doing this for decades in my own life, because personality-wise, believe it or not, I'm a pessimist. So if the tomb is empty, it's because the body was stolen, obviously. I will not like John. And I've had to ask God, change my thinking... So I'm learning if the tomb is empty, who knows? Christ is risen. I'm getting there. But resurrection thinking means when hard stuff happens in life, 
When we feel empty, resurrection, a resurrection thinker says, okay. Now we will wait to see what God does. Because God has the ability to bring life out of death. He can do things that we can't do, nobody can do, but I'm going to believe that God is at work to do something good. So I would encourage you to, uh, to ask God to help you be a resurrection thinker. Because there's always hard stuff in life, right? There just always is. And resurrection thinking connects us not with the power of grief, but with the power of hope. Because God is the God of resurrection. As I pray, I'll invite the worship team to come on up, take their spot as they get ready to lead us. Let's pray together. Oh God, that first Easter morning, we thank you that we get to hear the story of the initial uh, reactions to the empty tomb, Mary's emptiness, Peter's kind of confusion, and then John's belief. And we want to be like John. We want to be a resurrection thinker and put the pieces together and know that you are the God who brings life out of death, the God who can heal, the God who can comfort, the God who can move us forward in life. That's who we want to be. So Lord Jesus, take us wherever we're at, and we ask by your Holy Spirit to begin to fill us up. For we pray in Jesus' name, and we all say, amen.